Hello and welcome to the Practice Builders podcast. My name is Rosie Piercy. I'm a chiropractor, clinic director and practice builder. And I hope today in this podcast I'll provide you some hints and tips to help build the practice that you really want. Um, so yeah, it's a glorious morning, morning here as I record this today. Today I want to talk to you about newsletters and contacting your patients. I think that sometimes this can be an often overlooked aspect of sort of practice building and marketing and it's relatively cheap, easy, time efficient and we're kind of marketing to the patients who already know us so it's a really good thing to do but yet people tend not to do it. So I want to sort of talk to you through the, the plan that I use to help help myself get into the habit of emailing my patients. I find it's a really good way of building relationships with patients you haven't seen for a while. Um, for instance, I sent a email newsletter two weeks ago um, about pregnancy pain. The main topic was pregnancy pain. And I had a patient who I hadn't seen for probably three years or more email me to say how his back was getting on and also that they were relieved to find out that he wasn't pregnant. And someone else brought it up saying, yeah, you sent me this, but I'm not a female. I'm like, yeah, it's just general information. So though the newsletter may not have been particularly topic worthy for them for you know maybe half my patients at least because they're male it's a good way of telling them what I do that I treat you know pregnancy pain and also they were to come across anyone who was pregnant with pain they would then remember that I sent them and that's the purpose of newsletters in a way is that we want to be able to tell people what we do and often we'll have treated people for say one condition but they don't know about all the other things that we treat. So sending a regular newsletter is a way of gently educating your patients on all the things that you treat. So if they've come in with headaches, they may not know that you treat, I don't know, back pain, neck pain, that you can look at their feet or their knee problems. But as if you send them a newsletter and tell them, then you will. And also, you're kind of preaching to, give, to the converted. If they've already been seen you as a patient, then they already have had good results and they know, like, and trust you. So by telling them what you're doing, you're more likely to get them come, to come back in because they'll remember that you exist or to recommend you to a friend or family member who's going through a problem at the time. And because you keep appearing in their inbox, even if they don't really even open the email, they'll still remember you exist and more likely to come back to you than to somebody else. So that's the, you know, a really important reason to send emails newsletters. So how do we do this? Well as you know I'm a big advocate of everyone having a marketing plan so ideally you should have a rough idea of what you want to talk to your patients about each month and then just pick one of those topics and make it part of your newsletter. That's kind of like the most basic way I can describe it to you but I'll go into a bit more in-depth process and also maybe tackle some of the reasons why people don't send newsletters I think the thing that everyone will come down to is time I don't have time to do this this does not have to be a hugely time lengthy process I wrote a newsletter yesterday and um, as many of you will know I launched my blueprint course a few weeks ago we're in it now and I was just updating the final week and so I, I videoed screen recorded myself writing my newsletter it that video is literally 11 minutes long now there's a couple of steps that I need to add into that, but literally it's taken me less than 15 minutes to write that newsletter. So it doesn't have to be a long old process. And the second thing is the tech. People worry about what, how to do it, what technology to use, what program to use. And I think that stops a lot of people, as does the third reason, GDPR. You know, good old GDPR. 
Should we be sending newsletters? How, who can I contact? Who can I not contact? I don't want to get in trouble. So we'll go through all those things to, so that you'll have no reason not to do this newsletter. You just get on and do it and start seeing the results from it. Because almost always when I send a newsletter, somebody will email me back and say, oh, gosh, I've been meaning to make an appointment with you for ages. Have you got anything free next Monday? And so you're getting patience from it. It's actively getting patience to return back into your care for literally very little cost. So if we start with the, the, the tech, what should you use? Well, obviously MailChimp. Almost everyone's heard of MailChimp, I would say. I don't particularly like MailChimp. There's sometimes when I couldn't work out what text it was in the box and, you know, to change it to all the text that was the same and I nearly threw my computer out the window. So I'm more a fan of MailerLite, um, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. Now, at the level that I send newsletters, um, that's free. So there is no cost to that whatsoever. So you can't let tech or the cost be involved be the problem so that's what I would suggest is get yourself set up on one of these that either free or very low cost and then you can just get that get that sort of that area of it sorted and not worry about it anymore and the good thing about whichever one you choose is you can generally set up a template so it's the first time you're sending a newsletter then it may take a little bit longer because you'll need to set up your template so you might have your logo at the top you might have your, you know, you, you want to have your, your address on there. You need to have that. It's very important. And a subscribe button. And then you want to have things like your booking, your online booking link in there, your, your telephone number, things like that. But once you've got that set up, then that you can use the same template every time you send out a newsletter. You're just going to change the content in it. And then that makes it a super quick process. So you might need a little bit longer for the first one. But after that, it's, it's quite quick. The second bit, if we talk now about the dreaded GPD, GDDP, ugh, I can't even say it, GDPR, don't let this stop you. If you have a patient and they've given you their email address, you can contact them through legitimate interest. So it, you, they, you have legitimate interest in contacting them to change them about changing opening hours, advice to stop them getting injured, all that kind of thing. So I would just send it. Now, to make yourself compliant, you must have your address on the bottom of the email and you must have an unsubscribe button, which is why if you use something like MailerLite or MailChimp, that they will take care of that for you. That will just be there, okay? Once you have those, you're GDPR compliant because you can just, if someone doesn't want to receive the email from you, they just push the button and unsubscribe and they won't hear from you again. And then that's fine. You're very, very unlikely to get a complaint from somebody saying, I've got your newsletter and I don't want it. And if they do, you just say, I am so dreadfully sorry, I will remove you from the email list. Do you still want your, you know, we have a separate system for appointment reminders and stuff. Do you still want us to get email and text appointment reminders? Yes, right, well, we'll make sure you get those. You won't ever receive a newsletter again because you can just take them off your list. And they are incredibly unlikely to report you to the ICO. And if they do, well, then you just you just apologise and make it better and ask for their advice. They are unlikely to, to, you know, they've said themselves, they are not after little fish like us. They're not after, you know, small businesses who maybe just make a minor error of, um, you know, judgment on this, which I don't think this is at all. You're doing it under legitimate interest. It's absolutely allowed. But if you do have any problems with them, they're just going to help you correct it and put it right. So don't let that be the reason you don't do it. Okay, and if you if you're going through your list and trying to work out who to add, if you've got someone on there who you think they won't want a newsletter to me, then don't send it. You know, it's 
a little bit of common sense around there, but that will help you definitely. So the next thing that we want to talk about is time. Now, I know as clinicians, time is like an ever-present resource that we want more and more, we need more and more of, but this doesn't take long um, to do. As I said, you know, it took me about 11 minutes. And I think having the plan makes it easier. If you have to sit there and think in front of your computer, what am I going to write about? Then that makes it hard work. So I would encourage you to split this task up into, into chunks of, of, of activity and chunks of time. So the first thing is, if you don't know what you're going to think about, don't sit, you know, write about, don't sit down in front of your computer to write it until you know what you're going to write about. And it can be, and the thing is, these are things that you probably know. So this week, this fortnight, I'm just about to send one out today, and it's on driving posture because as we're coming, you know, as lockdown is, I know we haven't eased any more, but people are starting to travel more. We can see our friends and family. People are starting to go places, you know, starting to commute more. People are back in their cars, maybe for the first time for a year or something. So I'm talking about driving posture. So now if you had to have a conversation about driving posture, you would just, you know what you would say to a patient. You talk about a seat position, hands on the wheel, maybe taking, breaking your journey. So that's what you just put in your newsletter. It doesn't have to, you don't have to recreate the wheel. So if you think, so the first thing you're going to do is you're going to, you know, first thing is you think about what you're going to write. Then you're going to, we'll talk about content in a moment, but you'll write your newsletter. Then I always get my practice manager to check my newsletter because um, for spelling, grammar and rosyisms, which is a way, that particular way that I write, which makes sense to me and no one else. And then we add in any new patients that have joined since, which need to join for the newsletter list since the last time we sent it. And then we press send. So it's not a massive process. I think sometimes these things, until you're in the process of doing them, can seem really big and time consuming, but then you get into them and they're not. And then the next thing that we want to talk about is time. No, it's content, we've just done time. What do you actually put? So I've covered a bit of this already, but basically, this is part this is why we need to think of marketing our clinic or attracting patients or the content we have as one big ever-flowing circle if you like. So I know for instance that I've already got a blog about driving conditions so I'm just going to pop that. I'm going to take some of the content out of that, put it into my newsletter, reread it to make sure it makes sense. I then put a video in because I've, I've got a video of me you know demonstrating good driving positions so that's going to go in and then I put a small you know a top three points for you know totally different topic avoiding neck pain when you're using your tablet or your phone. So that didn't take long. So it's difficult if you haven't already got content. But again, just write as if you were speaking to a patient. Just write down what you would say to a patient. You've got a patient who's come in who's just started commuting more and having some problems. What advice would you give them? And that's the content of your newsletter. If you can put some pictures or a video in it, it makes it a little bit more interesting. And mail like that I use, it will. you can put a link to a video, which in this case was on YouTube. And then you can have, um, it animates it. So there's me doing silly movements over and over again, but it makes it more enticing for the patient to click on it because, oh, what's that all about then? So that's the way that I would think about it, is it is not to overthink this process. It can be really very simple. It's as simple as choosing what you're going to write about, finding the content, and if you don't have the content, write as if you were speaking to a patient, spell check it, add any patients you need to add into your list and send it, and it's done. And then you've done one of your tasks. And then the final 
final part is consistency. Pick a a I want to say ratio, but that's the wrong word. Pick a time when you know that you can do this. So I do mine fortnightly because I know that's achievable for me. I could do weekly, but I, I know that I wouldn't write one every week. It would be too much for me. And I feel like a month is too little. So fortnightly is perfect. And I try and get them done on the Monday, but it's Wednesday and I haven't quite sent it. So it will get sent out today. So don't worry if you haven't... If, if you can't get it on the exact day, obviously the gold standard is you would send every fortnight on a Monday. That's what I should be aiming for. But if you miss it, don't miss it completely. Just get it done a bit later. But the consistency of doing it every fortnight, of regularly being there and turning up in people's inbox is what's important because that consistency bring, breeds that know, like and trust, which we've talked about before. You know, If you're always there, people get to know you, which they already do. They've been to see you, they like you, and then they trust you. And because you're always there, you're always reminding them, hey, I exist, hey, I exist, hey, I exist. Do you know I treat back pain? Hey, I exist, I treat foot pain. Hey, I exist, I treat neck pain. And you might think that's annoying, but it's not. If pe Some people like to read them and, and some people don't. Some people might open ones that are relevant and some maybe maybe won't. And I think that brings me nicely to my point about um, stats. Do not expect huge open rates. You know, my, I think my open rate is around 20% and actually that's really quite good. Um, because not everyone will open it and that's okay. And don't worry if people unsubscribe. Because in a way that's just showing they're not your people anymore doesn't mean they won't necessarily come back and see you it just means that you won't they won't be getting your email anymore i mean my unsubscribe rate is quite low maybe only one or two per email i send and not every email so that usually that will show that most people are happy to receive an email from me even if they haven't read it um and that's still even if they don't open it it still reminds them that i'm existing so don't worry if it's not you know, if you're not getting 100% or 60% open rate, that's not... If you look at, you know, if you Google industry stats for opening, it's something like 5%, I think. So don't... And don't be hurt by people unsubscribing. I know when I used to have people unsubscribe, I'd be like, oh, they don't love me anymore. But really, it's just they don't want to read a newsletter for me in their life that is already very busy. And also, it kind of cleans your list, so to speak. So... If you have people who don't want to receive emails from you, then don't send them to them. So that's what the unsubscribe button's for. And also it stops you having lots of people on your list that aren't interested. Because we don't want to send people to in emails that aren't interested from, to us. So that's, that's newsletters, essentially. So if you want to make the most of this, then what I would suggest is right now, right this second, write yourself down a, a time frame that you're going to send newsletters and commit to it. So committing to it can be um, to yourself. So you can um, just say out loud or write down on a piece of paper, I commit to sending a newsletter to my patients every week, fortnight, month, whatever you can do. If you want um, an extra bit of accountability, then you could pop into the Facebook group that I have, the Practice Builders Community, and um, write you know write a post there saying i am going to commit to sending a newsletter every fortnight and the first one i send will be blah and then i will give you a gentle nudge on that date to make sure that you did it um 
or just get someone else in your business to do it. You know, your practice manager, or if you don't have anyone else in your business, maybe your partner or a family member, to say, can you just make sure that I send this newsletter? Because once you get into the habit, it's easy to do. And it's obviously, often the starting is harder than the actual thing. So often I do a thing of a 10 minute look. Let's just have a 10 minute look at this. And when once I've done that 10 minute look, often I'm, I'm away and flying and or, or you know, it's almost finished. So that is newsletters. Um, if you've got any questions, then pop them in the Facebook group. Um, but essentially all you just need to do is think of your topic, write your content, either stealing it from a blog you've already written or a post you've already written or by just speaking, writing as if you were speaking to a patient. Make sure you've got your unsubscribe button and your um, address on there. Get it spell checked. Add any new patients who've been in since you sent your last one. So if you haven't someone for a long time, that'd be quite a lot of people. And then send it. And then diarise the date that you're going to do it again. And that will make you help make you accountable. But yeah. So send out that first newsletter. Let me know how it goes. And I'll look forward to seeing you in a fortnight. Bye-bye.